0: Thanks, you guys. Good evening. Remember me? You know, it's just weird. When I'm only gone one weekend, it's just, it's really crazy. And this time I was gone for eight days. I left last Tuesday, got back on Wednesday. I was in Texas. And um, we were driving home last night, and my wife and I from uh, Rock of Ages, and Terry said to me, uh, she goes, I'm just, I'm so glad we're at this church. Um yeah we're so glad we're at this church i don't know if real men are supposed to cry but deal with it um it's such yeah thank you it's just such a joy it's such a joy to be with you guys just keep falling more and more in love with with you and with this church and what god's doing and who god is and it's such such a privilege all right so i'm a little off the kids so i got to remember what i was going to do um uh, so last week Pastor Doug preached on uh, whatever verses those were. Five, what what <laughs> verses? The six something, five through nine or whatever. Because I'm ten through thirteen. I finished watching it today. It was incredible. He did such a great job, such an amazing job. We're so we're so blessed. Um, uh, okay, I thought I was going to remember all this, and I'm getting a little emotional. So I'm okay now. Um, we only have two more. Weeks before we finish the book of Ephesians, and then uh, the following weekend will be Thanksgiving weekend. I'm going to do a, uh, just a, a standalone Thanksgiving message, uh, and then after that, the first weekend in December, we're going to start the book of Nehemiah. If you remember, so I, I would encourage you already think about reading that. I think it's is it 13 chapters, 11, nine, something, some odd number. Uh, it's, it's not huge, but try to try to read the book of Nehemiah. All in one sitting, if you could. And if you can do that more than once between now and that first week of December, I would encourage you to do that. The book of Nehemiah. Having said that, Pastor Dave, who's uh, in Orlando uh, for work, he will, he'll be back on Monday, Tuesday at the latest. Um, on Tuesday night, we have our monthly men's leadership study, and he's gonna be, or that, that's going to be focusing on the person of Nehemiah, men of the Bible. So that's Tuesday night in a couple nights, right? What's today, Saturday. So in preparation for Tuesday night, um, get familiar with Nehemiah, if you, if you will, so that'll work out very, very well. Oh, I could have got that, Roy, I'm so strong. Thank you, brother. Thank you very, very much. Did you want to preach too? <laughs> um, anyway. So I, let, let me take a few minutes. I want to get you up to speed on what's going on in, in, in Texas, just so you have a, a frame of reference for some of the things that have developed. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll work outward, and then I'll, I'll pull it back in. We're going to have a grand opening in, at the Heath, Texas Church on 9-9-18. That's September 9 of 2018. So that's about ten months away. And grand opening, what that means is that'll be the first Sunday that we meet Continually. So that's our grand so we're going to meet that Sunday and every Sunday after that. So working that backwards, we're going to have six monthly meetings, what we call preview services if you will, starting in March, March, April, May, June, July and August. We'll do six monthly preview services to build momentum to continue to get the word out in the community. Okay? So that starts in March, okay? Six monthly preview services and then our grand opening on 9/18. If you're thinking about that, please just keep that in your prayers, okay? So what have we been doing in the meantime? Well, the reality is we, I've been there a lot, but we haven't had that many meetings. And mostly, so I was, we had our kind of first gathering on September, or yes, September 10. That was a Sunday. We just kind of gathered up in the um, conference room upstairs at Pacific Columns, and we just hung out, and we prayed, and we worshiped, and, we looked at the word and, and just kind of start forming, that, but there were still some families that were making their way to Texas, and most of those families uh, have, or I think all of them now, have finally gotten there, and it culminated with Karen's uh, mom and dad, uh, stepdad, Sarah, and Harley showed up on Sunday. I happened to be there, so a bunch of us were waiting for them when they, when they rolled up in their car, and we and, uh, were able to greet them and love on them, and and so we, so we met uh, September 10, we met October 17, and October 24. So we've only met three times. We're going to meet once in November, two times in December, two times in January, two times in February, I, I think. And that's mostly just to bathe this thing in prayer and to equip and to train and to develop resources as we get out into the community and, and, and let, let it be known that the Lord's doing a work in Heath, Texas. So... Um, I, I hope all that makes sense. If you have any questions, please just, just come ask me. I, I'm happy to share it with you. But it's just really, really cool. And the Lord's allowed me to meet some, some pastors and some, some churches out there and, and developing relationships with them. And they're, they're coming alongside me and, and us. And it's just really been remarkable. Um, so thank you for uh, your understanding and, and, and you know, me being away. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think, I think that's good. All right. I'm 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 pretty juiced about tonight. I don't know if I don't know. I'm just the word for tonight I just think it's really 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 um, going to be spectacular. Whether you think so or not when it's all said and done is totally fine by me, but rest assured I'm going to have a great time. It's such it's such a good word. And in my preparation of it um the Lord just gripped my heart on so many occasions, and I'm not quite sure what that's about, but I, either He'll reveal it to me during my, you know, our time together, or He'll reveal it to me later. But um, I was just so moved in, in, in so many times during um, my preparation. I just think it's a good word for us, okay? We're in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. Do I sound nasally because I've been sick for like the last 10 days? Do I sound a little off? Really? Okay. I think I'm okay now. I was really worried about um, being able to endure. So I got some cough drops here, and I got some water. I think I'll be okay. If I, if I get, go into a coughing frenzy, I'm going to turn my mic off. I'm going to go nuts, and then I'm going to continue because I, w- I will not be deterred, okay? All right. So I think we're good. We're in Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. We are to stand firm, church. I want to read those. I don't normally start this. I want to read those verses. Then I'm going to share a few things. Then we're going to pray. And then we're going to read them again. Okay? Let's read Ephesians 6, 10, 11, 12, and 13. Paul says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, church, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Let me share something with you, an illustration that I stole from somebody. I just can't remember where. I thought it was really appropriate. If you, leave, if you leave water stagnant for an extended period of time in the summer, what will you attract? Mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are going to hang out where there is stagnant water because that's home for them. It's a nice environment for them. They are at rest in stagnant places. If you leave trash out for an extended period of time, you're going to attract a rat and probably his cousin's. You will have attracted them because you have created an environment in which they can be at home. If you leave food out at home for too long, you're going to attract roaches. They will perceive it as an invitation if you are leaving food out. They're going to make a connection between the environment that you have set and an invitation for them to share in that environment. In the same way, whenever there is something messy, left alone, In your life, it serves as an invitation for the enemy, for demons, for Satan to make themselves at home. That's the environment where the enemy lives, when we have messy stuff that we don't clean up. C.S. Lewis says this on Satan. Yes, we have that? Yeah? Oh, thank you. Like a good chess player... He's always trying to maneuver you into a position where you can save your castle only by losing your bishop. It's going to cost you something. Let's pray. Almighty God, we just lay our hearts and our minds before You and we, I hope and pray, position ourselves to receive from You all, all, Lord, that You have for us tonight. All. Give us the strength, Lord, as You love us, as You reprove us, as You correct us, as You encourage us, Lord. Give us the strength to say yes, to be obedient, to adjust our lives in the ways that You're prodding us or provoking us to righteousness and to good deeds. Have Your way with us, we pray, in the mighty name of Christ. And everyone said... Let's read those verses again, okay? Let's read Ephesians six ten through 13 again. Finally, church, be... Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything... To stand firm. Here's our outline. i got something for each verse. We're going to talk about His strength. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. We try to gain our strength in a lot of other things, church. But we're to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. And then His suit. When it says put on. It's a clothing term. Put on. The full armor of God. Not most of it. Not the shiny parts. Not the parts you like. The full armor of God. And then verse 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against some nasty things, evil forces, Satan and his legion of demons. That's our struggle. And then his solution, and he mentions it again, is to put on the full armor of God and have done, having done everything to stand firm. It's hard to stand firm. We cannot stand firm outside of the armor of God. It can't be done. Okay, So we're just going to go through these one at a time. His strength, our first part of our, our first stanza, our first part of our outline. Let's reread verse 10. Verse 10 says, church, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might we're to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Those are not light words. Those are not words to say, oh, that sounds encouraging. These are life or death words. It is, it's just my heart for each one of you when I just kept reading these verses, verse 10, over and over and over again. I beg you, be strong in the Lord, man. Be strong in the Lord, please. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might, please. I, don't, I just don't know how else to say it. I don't know how else Paul can say it. I don't know how else the Lord could have inspired Paul to say it. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might, I don't know why that moves me for you. It just does. I hope that's okay. I just think it's a good word for us. For each of us. Dear friends, my beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord, my family, these are great words for us. These are great words for us. What a great encouragement for us. What a great reminder for us. What a great warning for us. What a great provision for us. Verse 10 is simply what the Lord wants for you. It's simply what God wants for you. Verse 10 is simply what Paul wants for you. Verse 10 is simply what I want for you and what the leaders of this church want for you. So let me ask you, is verse ten something that you want for you? If we lose sight in these verses, and bear with me as I do this, if we lose sight in these verses, we may find ourselves thinking that these four verses that there's something about it's something about the armor of God. Which it is, we may find ourselves thinking that this is about rulers and powers and, and world forces, forces of darkness and spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Which it is. But what these verses are truly about is the Lord. These verses are about the Lord. We can get caught into some cattywampus stuff. And all oh, the armor of God. And oh, Satan and the forces. It's about God. Be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. And when we do that, then we understand these forces. Then we understand about the armor of God and the need for it. All that begins to make sense. We must live a life of focus on the Lord. There are 66 books in the Bible. What's the first book of the Bible? Genesis. Do you know what Genesis is about? It's about God. What's the next book of the Bible? Exodus. Do you know what Exodus is about? It's about God. What's after Exodus? Leviticus. Do you know what Leviticus is about? It's about God. Need I continue? Not on the armor, not on the enemy, but on the Lord. Check out Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12. What a great verse that talks about this. He says, our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude. That's the enemy who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do. That's the armor. How do we fight them? But our eyes are on you. Man, I'm telling you, the enemy will do anything to get our eyes off the Lord and to get it on other stuff. Excuse me. Every day and every moment of every day, every day and every moment of every day, we can choose the Lord's strength or not. Every day and every moment of every day, we can choose the Lord's strength or not. Look carefully at the wording here in verse 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Be. Choose to be or choose not to be. Paul wouldn't ask us or tell us to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might if we couldn't. He doesn't say become Strong. He says, be strong. Turn to Joshua chapter 1. After Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and I think after that you'll find the book of Joshua. I think. Joshua chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 9. Now it came about, who did Joshua come after? You remember? Moses, right? After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. How long did Moses serve in his role? Forty years. It's a long time. Arguably, this is the first day on the job for Joshua. And God doesn't mess around. That the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. Moses' servant saying this Moses, my servant, is dead. Now arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am given to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. He doesn't say, hey, after you've had your orientation, after you've had a couple of weeks on the job, right? From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun, will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. And what does he say to Joshua? Be strong. Not grow in your strength. Not become strong. He says, be strong, dude. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success, which means to act wisely wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will act wisely. You will have success. Oh, and by the way, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Each day, every day, every moment of every day, we can choose to be strong or not. So let me ask you, are you choosing to be strong in the Lord? Are you choosing to be strong in the Lord? If not, I wonder if you're choosing to be strong in other ways. You're making choices to strengthen other areas of life and not be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Maybe you're choosing to be strong in your financial health or your financial strength. Maybe it's your physical health or your physical strength or your, or your looks. I'm 0 for 2 so far. What about your academic degrees? Right? You're choosing to be strong academically. Your vocation or your job title or your income. Your social network and your social influence and the important people that you know. And, and, and that's how you're choosing to be strong. But I must warn you, our verses tell us that you can be strong in many things and in many ways, but unless you're strong in the Lord, you have no chance with the enemy. Unless you're strong in the Lord, you have no chance with the enemy. If you're not strong in the Lord, if that doesn't describe you, if the word strong in the Lord doesn't describe you, what, what, would, what would best describe you? I'm not strong in the Lord, I'm blank in the Lord. What word best describes what you are in the Lord? My dear family, please choose to be strong in the Lord. Please choose to be strong in the Lord. It's interesting... But that Paul says, in the strength of His might, right? It's kind, of a, it's kind of an interesting way to put it. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. And it makes me wonder if this doesn't indicate a need to transition from, from knowledge to a practical application. Don't just know of His might. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Not the, not the knowledge of His might, but actually in the strength of His might. What do we mean? I, I hear people say, oh, that person's such a strong Christian. I don't know if you ever heard that, right? People describe somebody, oh, they're such a strong Christian. What, what makes somebody a strong Christian? Somebody who is strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Not how much knowledge they have, not how many Bible studies they go to, not, not, not how much Scripture they can quote. Not how long they've been going to church. Not in all the numerous places that they serve. What makes somebody strong in the Lord is somebody who has all that, but then is actually strong in the Lord. Because they choose to be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. It's a choice we make. Our second stanza. Putting on the armor of God. His suit, if you will. Look at verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Outside of putting on, that's what verse 11 says, putting on the armor of God. Outside of putting on, verse 13 says taking up. It's a different term, right? Verse 13 says take up the full armor. Verse 11 says putting on. Outside of putting on or taking up the full armor of God, we are not able to stand firm. Three times it says to stand firm. Verse 11, verse 13, and verse 14 says for us to stand firm. And I'm here to tell you we cannot stand firm outside of putting on the full armor of God. Can't happen. Who's Paul writing to when he's writing this? To believers or non-believers? To believers. To the church. Church, Paul's writing to the church. We listen. Listen. We do not become exempt from the schemes of the devil when we put our faith in Christ. We become targets. We don't become exempt when we put our faith, hope, and trust in Christ. We become targets. Okay? Verse 11 says, put on the full armor of God. That's to dress or to clothe yourself. Verse 13 says to take up the full armor of God. To pick up or to lift upward. In both verses, right after that, they say something. Let's look. Put on the full armor of God so that... Let's go to 13. Take up the full armor of God so that... What comes after so that? Verse 11. So that you will be able. So that you will be able. We take up, we put on the full armor of God so that we will be able. That's what 13 says. Take up the full armor so that you will be able. Conversely, what that means then is what? If we do not put on or take up the full armor of God, then we are not able. That's what it means, right? That's all it can mean. Put on, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able. Or if you don't, put on or take up the full armor of God, you will not be able. Right? You with me? Let's talk about the schemes of the devil. Well, what does that mean? Like he's like, you know, hiding stuff from us and playing games with us. You know, just trying to, you know, make our day go a little kind of crazy. The Greek word for schemes is methodia. Methodical. Methods. Listen. It's a systematic orderly logical arrangement in order to deceive. That's what that word means. A systematic orderly logical arrangement to trip you up. And so I ask you, if that's what the enemy's doing, if that's the schemes, if I got to put on the full armor of God in order to Stand firm against the schemes of the devil who has this orderly, systematic plan to wipe you out and wipe me out. What's my rebuttal to that? So I ask you, what is your systematic, orderly, logical, and methodical way to combat this ferocious enemy? Do you have one? He's doing it all day, every day. What are we doing all day, every day? What's the plan? What's the battle plan in your life to combat this fierce and ferocious enemy? Our third stanza is our struggle. Ephesians 6, verse 12. Our struggle, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Your your problem's not your next door neighbor, per se, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Sometimes somehow some way we lose sight of exactly who the enemy is, who the opponent is. And so when we when that happens, we either prepare for the wrong battle or we don't prepare at all. Two and a half years since John retired, I've never shown a video clip. I'm going to show a video clip. Usually video clips are kind of like a train wreck, because so I don't really do them, but I couldn't help myself. So if this is a train wreck, I'm going to enjoy it. Hope you do too. Right? Is it ready? Yeah? You know, I was really never into the Indiana Jones movies, but that's like my favorite scene ever. I'm like, that's just funny. So if we don't understand our enemy, right? Too often, church, we're we're bringing the proverbial knife to a gunfight. Is that how they say it? Don't ever bring a knife to a gunfight. We do that too often we as a church we're, just, we're, we're so proud of our little sword and we've, we've trained with it and all this other stuff and we have no clue boom it's just that easy and, you know, and, and, and the look on his face is like you're wasting my time and he just you know, shoots him and off he goes I wonder how many heavenly battles we are fighting with flesh and blood armor How many many heavenly battles are we fighting with flesh and blood armor? In football, a team diligently... I'm a football guy, right? I love watching football. I can't play it, but I love watching it. A team diligently studies the game film of the upcoming opponent in order to know their tendencies. They want to see what their rival's orientations are so that they can come up with a strategy to beat them. Well, (laughs) Satan has a game plan too. He has a game film on you. And He has a game film on me. And He knows what our weak spots are. He knows where we are limited. He knows where we are prone. He knows uh, what, we, we would, what we would respond to. He knows what our likes are because He's so good at what He does. And He knows how to use those likes or those desires in order to trip us up. In the military, there's something called the intelligence corps, if you will. The intelligence crew, and uh, they, they play a vital role in warfare. Enabling officers to understand the enemy. Church, (laughs) how intelligently are we doing battle each and every day? How intelligently are we doing battle each and every day? To know our enemy and to know our God. To focus our eyes on the Lord. To know that our strength comes from Him. Our lives as devoted followers of Jesus Christ is not about living holy lives to avoid the enemy, but to have victory over the enemy. Unless we know who the enemy is and what he can do, we will have a difficult time defeating him. There's lots that Scripture says about the enemy. Let me just give you a few things about knowing the enemy. Satan means adversary. He is the enemy of God, which means then he's the enemy of you if you put your faith, open trust in Christ. The devil means accuser. Revelation 12, 7-11 says as much. He's known as the tempter. You can see that in Matthew 4-3. He's known as a murderer and a liar, John 8. He's the thief who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, as John 10 tells us. He's compared in Scripture to a lion that goes around looking for people to devour. He's known as a serpent. He disguises himself as an angel of light. And he's also known as the God of this age. Church, life is and or will be. Life is and or will be a struggle. Because that's what... Verse 12 says, For our struggle is. For our struggle is. There is an enemy that is always on the attack. Verse 12 can read this way. For our struggle is, and you can forget those words not against flesh and blood, For our struggle is against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Our struggle is. Our struggle is. Not was, not might be. Our struggle is. And perhaps... At times, because he's crafty. The enemy's crafty, right? He, even, he lulls us into complacency, maybe. Maybe that's what's going on in our lives. Where he lulls us into complacency by leaving us alone for a while. That happens too. It's during those times that we, we loosen up and we, we fail to put on and take up the full armor of God. We, we might be able to survive for quite some time by ignoring the battle. Or resisting our need, our need to prepare, but the battle is real and will certainly come calling one day. It's real; it will call upon each and every one of us one day. My guess—this is just a guess—is that some of us are vulnerable right now, and we know it. Some of us are vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. Maybe it's complacency. We've let our guard down and we know it. And the lie that we have bought is that nothing bad has happened. So instead of praising the Lord for His grace and shoring up those weak spots in our lives, we simply breathe a sigh of relief and we change nothing. I wonder what part of the Lord's armor you may have taken off and put down recently. I wonder, how, how are you doing with God's Word? Are, are, what are you doing to, 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 to hear it? Are you hearing it? Like, like you are now? Are, are you reading it? Are, are you studying it? Are you meditating on it? Are you memorizing it? And more importantly, are you doing it? What about prayer? How much time do we spend talking to the Lord throughout the day? How much time do we spend talking to the Lord throughout our day? And how does that compare to the amount of time perhaps that we spend on social media or texting or email or phone conversations? Who are we talking to if not to God? What is that balance or imbalance in our lives? Are we doing life? Are we doing life? with our brothers and sisters in Christ because we recognize that we are the body of Christ and we are designed to function collectively. How are we doing on that? Did you know, I, this blew my mind, a couple weeks ago I was out of town and Pastor Rob sent me something. and Anyway, it just warmed my heart and I kept it on in my inbox and it's still there today. We have, we, right now we have 17 community groups. 17 community groups. Some men's groups, some women's groups, and the bulk of them are mixed groups. Some with childcare, some without child 17. Maybe you've looked at that list and you don't like any of the people that are leading them. We started one a few weeks ago. Okay? If you don't like the other 16, you want to come to our group, you're invited. If you don't like me or any of the other 16 people, start a group. Or find somebody that you like and say, you should start a group and I'll show up. What have we taken off and put down recently when it comes to the armor of God in our lives? Let's talk a little bit more about this word struggle. Where it says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. The Greek word is pale, P-A-L-E. It's the act of engaging in hand-to-hand combat, grappling or wrestling. I think even some versions say wrestling, for we wrestle not with flesh and blood. We are in hand-to-hand combat with the enemy all day, every day. So we can choose to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might and put on the full armor or not. We're in hand-to-hand combat. Whether we like it or not, it's for real. For our struggle is. So while 11, verse 11 is full of promise and victory, put on the full armor so that you will be able to stand firm. Our struggle is. Don't ever lose sight of that. Our last stanza, verse uh, outline number four, is His solution. It's kind of a, a repeat of verse 11 on some levels. Let's read 13. Therefore, take up the full armor of God. That's what it says in 11. So that you will be able to resist in the evil day. That's what verse 11 says. And having done everything to stand firm. Verse 11 says to stand firm. Both verse 11 and verse 13 encourage us that we will be able. Both 11 and 13 tell us that we will be able. We'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. We'll be able to stand firm by resisting the devil in the evil day. Okay, so we're able to stand firm against the schemes and we're able to stand firm by resisting the enemy. What does it mean to stand firm? It means to to, to face the enemy. To face and withstand with courage. To face and withstand with courage. Withstand means to endure, to survive, to hold out, to bear up under combat or under oppression. We, church, are to stand firm. We can stand firm. We can face and withstand with courage all day, every day. It's what God has provided for us. It's how God wants us to walk. It's how God wants us to live all day, every day. Look at verse 11 and 13. I'm going to read 11, I'm going to read 13. Because everything's virtually the same except for one thing. Verse 11, put on the full armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Verse 13, take up the full armor so that you will be able to resist in the evil day to stand firm. And he adds in there, and having done everything. That's the difference, those words. And having done everything, stand firm. This having done everything is to put something into effect entirely or thoroughly to to accomplish something, to be prepared. We have to make sure that we have put something into effect entirely, thoroughly, to be accomplished in our walk with God, to be prepared in our walk with God. Then we can stand firm, and only then. And we leave things out sometimes. I know I should be doing better here, but I'm doing all this other stuff great. It's not what that means. We can't stand firm unless we do everything. Having done everything, stand firm. And what that means is this, that a mostly prepared game plan will lead to us being wiped out. A mostly prepared game plan, as opposed to having done everything game plan, will get wiped out as we bring this home, Warren Wiersbe, he says this, I I wanted to put it on the screen, I just forgot to send it over to the guys, so bear with me. He says, sooner or later, sooner or later, every believer discovers that the Christian life is a battleground, not a playground. And that he faces an enemy who is much stronger than he is apart from the Lord. In Christ, we do not fight for victory, we fight from victory. Amen? Church, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. My brothers and sisters in Christ, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. My church family, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His of his might, please put on the full armor of God so that you may resist and stand firm and escape the schemes of the enemy who's very strategic and knows exactly what to do to wipe you out. I want us to turn a little to the left to second Corinthians chapter 10, just a little to the left of Ephesians, second Corinthians chapter 10 verses three and four. I was going to put it on the screen, but I wanted, us to, I wanted us to wrestle with this with our very fingers and our eyeballs on page. Are you there? 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4. For though we walk in the flesh, Paul writes, we do not war according to the flesh, church, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. That's what our Lord has done for us. We better take this battle serious, but we have nothing to fear. We can face the enemy with courage when we are fully armored up. I pray moving forward that that we no longer lack. I pray for each and every one of you and for me that we no longer lack in our knowledge of friend or foe. That we understand the weapons of the warfare that the Lord has blessed us with that we should fear nothing, but we better understand who our foe is so that we understand we better be armored up. I'll leave you with this from Matthew Henry. Oh, I just love this. He says, We have enemies to fight. We have a captain to fight for. A banner to fight under. And certain rules of war by which we are to govern ourselves. May we do that all day, every day. Amen? All right. I'm going to pray. If you need prayer, our prayer team will be down here in the corner. Almighty God, we so desperately need you. Father, we repent and we recognize that sometimes we let our guard down and we don't fully armor up. And then we wonder, Lord, what happened. The enemy's waiting for those opportunities. And so, Father, I pray that you just continue to show us and teach us those areas, Lord, that we need to shore up in our lives so that we can fight this battle properly so that we understand the enemy and we know the strategy that we need to have, the methodology that we need to have, the orderliness in our lives spiritually that we need to have to combat the enemy. Lord, we love you. We thank you so very, very much for loving us and for equipping us and making it possible for each and every one of us to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might, in your might. Oh, we praise you for that. It's in the mighty name of Christ we pray. Amen. It's good to be with you guys. Lord bless you. Have a good weekend.